Hello world and welcome back to another episode of Spider Bites, the Spider Oak Podcast. I'm your host Adam Turvitt. Now today I'm really excited to introduce you to an important member of the Spider Oak team. He is our head of design and the person who makes all of Spider Oak's apps both nice to look at and wonderful to use through his UI UX work. We're also going to discuss quite a bit around the intersection and balance of privacy, sustainability, security, and design. I'm excited that you're here. This is going to be a really great episode. And we'll get started on it right after these messages. This podcast is sponsored by Spider Oak. At Spider Oak, we believe security is important, and it's our mission to secure the world's data. From secure data compartments for collaboration and data storage, to protecting your backups with end-to-end encryption, or even protecting communications in space. We want to be part of your plan to protect your most important data. Learn more at spiderhook.com. Welcome back for another episode of Spider Bites, the Spider Oak podcast. I am your host, Adam Turvitt, and today I'm excited to be joined by Zach Audi. Welcome, Zach. Hey, Adam. How's it going? Good. For those of you who don't know Zach, he is are one of the great design minds here at Spider Oak. And so today, in addition to talking about security and privacy, I'm excited to uh, have all of you get a chance to have a peek inside Zach's mind and learn more about the the ways he approaches design and some of the, the choices that we make at Spider Oak around design and, and security. So Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am product designer here at Spider Oak, like you like you said. I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I am a proud dad of two two young girls. Yeah, that's pretty much my story. So any unusual tidbits or unique things that you like to do? I actually just started to learn or attempt to learn how to make pop-up books, like children's pop-up books you know i use the term lightly i'm it's very rudimentary at this stage but i something that i thought would be cool to learn how to do so i'm trying to figure it out nothing elaborate yet but yeah it's also a nice excuse to uh not look at a screen for a while (laughs) which uh, i do all day long so yeah it's nice to interact with paper and ink and, and tools like that yeah yeah Tell us a little bit about your work at Spider Oak, and if you like, give us some background too on how you got into design and why you chose that that career. Sure, I'm a product designer here, which for me at Spider Oak includes the overall kind of experience design for the app, as well as the kind of nitty gritty um, UI work, the like actual pixel pushing that kind of stuff. I got in to design through more traditional like print design, print and marketing design work. But I've been, you know, into art and design since I can remember. Uh, Probably started with being fascinated with album covers. I think that's a pretty common intro to graphic design, but that was definitely how I found my way to it as well. Any favorite album covers we should go check out? Oh, that's a good question. That's an obvious one. I don't even necessarily like the album that much, but the Joy Division album with the sound waves, uh-huh. the lines that look like sound waves, that's an incredible cover, I think. 
Yeah, that is a good one. I my favorite. I'm a I'm a jazz guy, and Pat Metheny is one of my favorites. He had an album a couple of years ago called Kin. Uh-huh. It is this amazing, almost mosaic collage of the the face of one of the members of the band. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, in some ways, it's sad that now that we all stream all of our music, we don't get to see things like album covers or read yeah. liner notes like we used to. It is, it is, uh, it is challenging for for me because I, I love diving into like whole albums, not just single songs, you know. But the the like, experience of an album, including the the cover art, lyrics, yeah. all. My kids always tell me I'm really old when I say things like that. <laughs> yeah, even just like the word album is kind of feels kind of antiquated <laughs> in a way. Well, I guess we just embrace it, right? We remember the good old days, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about uh, design and, and Crossclave specifically. So when you're making designs for Crossclave, this product, what are some of the security and privacy considerations that you have? Sure. Um, my approach to design for Crossclave um, is to really make the, the kind of bleeding edge security tech that we, are, that we do have um, under the hood feel as familiar as possible for people and easy and in turn easy to use um, as as any other collaboration product out there that they may have used. Um, that said, I think I think security and privacy in in the context of um, of Crossclave means, um, in my mind, that we we have to give users um, the confidence that they are in complete control over what they are sharing and and uh, with whom and um crossclave does that through like um compartmentalizing things um you know, having kind of strict spaces for for people to interact in and um so kind of at the highest level the design consideration for is for me is making that strict compartmentalization easy for people to navigate and easy for people to sift through um mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's an interesting idea of, you know, we know because we work here about the platform level security and and cryptography that happens, but Mm -hmm. I never really thought of the importance of kind of signaling those things to users when they're in the application. Right. Um, and there's a line to walk there, I think, between uh, making it kind of invisible when it when it can be, and just um, making it feel familiar and, and not necessarily more secure, even though it, it is inherently. And then also, um, the other side of the line, I guess, is um, you know revealing, making people aware of a security measure or something they're doing that makes the app fundamentally more secure than any other app they might be using. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that? Uh, I, I think 
any company that does security or, or privacy-based software really has a balancing act between uh, what's secure and what's private and features and usability. So how, you know, what are, how do you balance that? And uh, I'd love to hear any examples you have of, you know, the, the conflict between those two and how you resolved it. Yeah, this is, um, this is like an epic ongoing struggle for <laughs> design at, for me and for design at Spider Oak. Um, you know, being built on that blockchain platform um, that you mentioned, there are times when when the technology under the hood kind of necessitates a, a UX pattern that is just completely unfamiliar to people or um, or just not quite what they're used to. Um, you know, I, th I think a really great example of that is, is um, the onboarding, joining a team process that we have for um, Crossclave. Um, they so we don't we don't use a traditional username password approach that people might be used to um but rather we have um, behind the scenes um, a pretty complex um like mutual authentication and exchange of of secret keys mm -hmm. going on um and so in an earlier version of onboarding we tried to kind of map that process to familiar language like logging in and signing up um and um and it was just not very successful i think um it was it, a lot of folks found it kind of profoundly confusing um or some folks did and um you know in iterations um since then we've um taken an approach, a, a more, a bit more of a conversational approach um, where we have distinct paths that are kind of represented as big interactive cards in the UI um, or clickable, tappable cards in the UI. And they ask like a very succinct, simple question followed by a, um, a, a succinct action too. Um, so like got an invite code, join a team, just kind of very straightforward um, question and, and action um, conversation there with the user. And it's, um, you know, it's a very recent change, um, but so far I think the results have been pretty promising and folks are finding it um, onboarding much simpler and easier. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a, a case where we, we tried to, um, just adopt the familiar UX pattern that people are used to, and it just didn't quite fit our technology and our um, our uh, you know our approach under on the platform side. So uh, we adapted and tr and tried to make it easier um, rather than uh, just sticking with the language people were used to. Yeah, and I think it's it's difficult like i said i think this is something every company that deals with security has to deal with uh because a lot of what we're doing you know things like key exchange mm -hmm. uh when you ask users to do key exchange on their own 
it's just a disaster. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but that's also a fundamental part of the system and, and why it works the way it does and why the security is so good is because key exchange is, is part of what we do. So yeah, it I know that's a tough balancing act. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you about another aspect of Crossclave that I know you, you spend a lot of time on, and in particular with Crossclave 14, which is just coming out, uh, is the the file system. You know the the way For that sure. we we talk about and work with files in Crossclave, uh, and the new file experience that we've been working on for so many months. So walk us through that a little bit. What were your, your, the challenges you ran into when you were designing a, a cloud-based file system and uh, how did you overcome some of those challenges? Sure. Um, I think in, in talking to people, we found that many folks um, gravitate toward an, that kind of always online multiplayer editing experience that they may have had with other other uh, other apps. Um, however, um, many of our users also really value the asynchronous and offline work. That um, it's pretty important for the folks that use Crossclave now. So. Um, we kind of sought to find a middle ground where people um, can launch a file from within Crossclave and um, any changes, you know, launch it natively offline. Um, and if they happen to be online, um, any changes it will be, any changes to it will be um, tracked and um, tracked on the fly and can be pushed back to the cloud for other folks on the team to see. So um, the asynchronous design and taking that into consideration also kind of led us to um, a pretty unique approach for the, the version history of a file mm -hmm. um, because people will be um, working on files at different times and pushing their changes at different times. It kind of required that we take a look at that and um, and um, so we we kind of had to do something a little more than just um, a linear kind of version history, and um, we yeah I think the approach that we took is kind of somewhere in between. Um, the kind of more granular control of a complex versioning version control system like Git or something, um, but we distilled it down to to be more simple and more familiar, uh, something akin to that linear version history, like a Dropbox or something like that. Um, so I, I think it's a really special um, experience, and and I think folks will really love using it it's um it's it's kind of it's really kind of an empowering um tool that that version history view that we've that we've designed um yeah yeah and i i personally you know i spend a lot of my work day in crossclave so i've 
I enjoy this even in the older versions, but I'm really excited for the new version mm. because it'll it makes working with files uh, that much easier. And I personally really appreciate the offline, you know, the ability to work offline. I like to take my computer to the park and right. be able to, to work and not have to be connected. And a lot of other tools, especially cloud-based tools, just don't even offer that. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty important for a lot of a lot of people. Well, let's come back to you know more of the the standard questions that we like to ask in these interviews. So, uh, what are the the security and privacy problems that you consider in your day to day life, and what are the tools or strategies you use to address those? Yeah, I mostly just worry about uh, the privacy of my kids. Really, <laughs> like that's that's always at the forefront for me. Um, they're one of them at least is getting to the age where they want, she wants to start using social media. She's very curious about it. And I'm trying to walk the line between, you know, curmudgeonly privacy wonk dad and um, like meme savvy, I don't know, rad dad, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing for me um, that I think about. Um, yeah, I mean, I worry about like, uh, uh, I, you know, identity theft, stuff like that too, but that's the big one for me. <laughs> so what's one thing you do to, to help yeah. either to teach your kids or, or, you know, a method that you use to help keep them safe? Yeah, obviously I don't have the, a solution for the ills of social media, <laughs> um, unfortunately, but uh, in terms of strategies, I just kind of lean heavily into um, open and honest communication with them about about what it means to share information on the internet. Um, that you know, once it's shared, it's out in the world forever. And um, I also try to hammer home the idea that free, quote unquote, free services um, like all the social media platforms really are rarely ever free and, and they're really trafficking in, in the information of the people that are using the service and, and that there's kind of a hidden cost in that way. Um, you know, the cost of, of privacy. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it's sunken in, sunk in yet at all for, for them, but <laughs> I'm trying to, maybe through repetition, it'll, it'll come back. Yeah. Need it. Well, I, it's not just kids who need repetition. Sure. It's all of us, right? Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, to close, the, the thing I love to do is uh, hear favorite quotes. So do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share with us? Yeah. I, I, I kept coming back to, um, the opening line of one of one of my favorite books, but one of the most memorable and like formative books for me as a young person. Um, uh, I've always loved the opening line of uh, to 1984, and it's um, it was a, a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13, and uh, it's just it's just this incredibly kind of succinct. Um, 
yet jarring line that that really like thrusts you into the frightening uh, version of at the time the future um yeah. i just always really like that but yeah uh, it's i think sometimes george orwell is underestimated as a, a wordsmith yeah and the you know the the images that he can evoke with just a few words yeah, yeah. that's great well zach thank you so much i appreciate it of course i had a great time as always talking to you adam all right well we will be back in a few days with another episode of spider bites and uh once again my guest today has been zach Audi from the design department at spider oak some things are best kept secret you wouldn't send your company's financial data through snail mail on a postcard so why would you use insecure digital collaboration tools introducing crossclave a file sharing and collaboration solution built with security in mind from the first byte. It's like Signal for Business. Crossclave uses distributed ledger technology and end-to-end -end encryption to deliver a true zero-trust system designed to protect you and your business's most valuable data. When you need to share or collaborate on your most sensitive information, SpiderOak's Crossclave is your only choice. Go to spideroak.com podcast to get started with a free account. No credit card required. Thanks again for listening. For all of us at Spider Oak, I'm Adam Turvitt. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Subscribe to hear more episodes wherever you procure your podcasts from. If you're interested in joining us as a guest on Spider Bites, send me an email at podcast at spideroak-inc.com. We'd like to thank Melgraves for our theme music, Earshot. And special thanks also go to our law firm, Dewey Cheatham and Howe, our auto body expert, James Bondo, the chairman of the Spider Oak Math Department, Horatio Algebra, and to our staffing agency, Click and Clack. Thanks, everyone.